Hey, my friend, this is Joe Pakmotsky, and welcome. Welcome to Simplify Cancer Podcast. Listen, if you're here, then you too have been touched by cancer. And I want you to know that you're not alone. We're here for you. And here on this podcast, we talk about how to deal with cancer on every single level. You know, mentally, physically, emotionally, social, and spiritually as well. And today I've got a great guest for you. Today we're talking to Kevin, and Kevin is just an incredible human being. That is not an overstatement, that is the truth, my friend. Today we talk to Kevin how to be more fulfilled and how to make a greater impact so that you end up having the life that you want. The love that you truly deserve after cancer. Kevin, it's such a pleasure to have you back on the Simplify <laughs> Cancer podcast. Did you know, Kevin, that you are the first person to come back and be a guest in the podcast twice? Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're, you're, you're the man. Well, you know, I love what you do, and and really, I, I follow you, and it's a great pleasure to be back. It, it really is, yeah. Thank you so much, Kevin. I'm a huge fan of what you do. And Kevin, for people who don't know you... <laughs> yeah, uh, which is everybody listening. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and people like, because this is, this is going to be an audio thing, so they, they can't hear, see your beautiful T-shirt. Tell me, you're a man, and right now you're a breast cancer conference. What are you doing there? I, I'm in a place called uh, San Antonio, Texas. And Texas is a long way from Arizona, where I live here in the States. But I was invited to come over. Uh, it's a huge conference, and it's breast cancer, obviously, for women, because that's uh, who gathers here in, in the U.S., we have 7,500 people attending from 80 different countries. And I believe that along with a, another friend from Australia, that we are the only two guys <laughs> involved in this. Seriously, I, have, I haven't met any yet. And I, th I think we're the only two guys representing male breast cancer. So uh, we're doing it proudly and meeting a lot of really great people, incredible lecturers from doctors and, and the professionals from all over the world. And, Learning, you know, it, it, we're learning about basically female breast cancer, but there's no reason why that shouldn't pass on down to us who are kind of waiting in the wings to uh, to learn what's what's out there and what's available. So, you know, we're related in some uh, very real ways, even though we're separated, of course, biologically. But um, I, I'm hopeful that what I'm hearing at this session will help the guys down the road. Yeah, that's fantastic, yeah. Kevin. And so tell me, uh, and I guess for uh, everyone out there who's uh, maybe didn't even know that breast cancer was a thing for men, can you give us a little bit of an intro of how that works and how that's possibly different from the breast cancer with women? You know, we're still trying to find that out. Um, all of the experts that I heard talk in the last couple of days, we question them, you know, uh, they have a lot of interesting new, new technologies and uh, and a lot of new uh, methods for dealing with women's breast cancer. And we say, so how does that apply to men? And the truth is they really don't have an answer yet. We're, we're finding out more, but our bodies are different. We react differently to all of the different methods, different chemotherapies. Uh, so, you know, we're a mystery, basically. But I think we're making some headway here. And, and especially... 
in the fact that we're letting people know that we exist. And that's that's really the important thing. And it's a great thing that you're doing, Kevin. And tell me, so on that note, how do you think in general for, I guess, for any cancer, do men and women approach cancer in a different way? Do, do we deal with it differently? Do we have different needs, do you think? Yeah, of course. What? You're a guy. Tell me. Tell me. How do you? <laughs> how do you do it? <laughs> well, you know, I, mean, I, I think I think women are just naturally, in my opinion, are so much better, Kevin, of yeah. just working through things. They can just, without having necessarily all the explanations, they can just talk through it. Whereas I think that us guys, we need to really like rationalize it in our head first. Yeah. You know, before yeah. we can kind of talk about it. And that's really hard to do when you're dealing with something, you know, as big and scary and complicated as cancer. Yeah. So I think that's where the myth comes from, like that guys don't talk about stuff. I think we, we can and we do when we can kind of make sense of it to ourselves first. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a bit slow and, <laughs> uh, you know, a bit reluctant, but you're absolutely right. I mean, if you look at the numbers here, uh, here, here in the U.S., we have, oh, about maybe 2,700 guys being diagnosed with male breast cancer this year, 2,700, and compare that with probably 270,000 women. We are, we're basically 1%. And we're diagnosed at a later stage, almost always, and more guys die from breast cancer than women do because we are diagnosed so much later. And you know, we're, kind of, we're kind of wimpy, basically, I think, is, is the right word. So we're slow to catch on, slow to get help. And I did a survey, oh, about a year ago, asking guys, how did you find out about your breast cancer? And 80% of them said it was a wife, a friend, a significant other that got them in because we don't check ourselves. You know, we just, we don't look, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is why it's so important to do what you're doing is spreading awareness and, and you know, just putting it out there that, People need to, we need to look after ourselves, right? No, absolutely. We are the best advocates for ourselves and we need to do that. But it's, you know, it's going to take a while, really. Even even the uh, the doctors, the oncologists that I see talking at this event, and there are lots of them, they admit that they don't always ask men to check their breasts. You know, they, why would they? I mean, it's it's so uncommon that it's not part of their their curriculum. So, you know, we're trying to change that a bit, little by little, and especially with help from people like you getting the word out, maybe we'll see some results pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, I sure hope so. Because, you know, Kevin, like, I guess I'm in a similar boat with uh, testicular cancer. It's not one of the more, I guess, widespread cancers. So, and, and doctors naturally think that it's an overkill to go and, and check your testicles every time, you know, you're in the shower or whatever. But I think it's a great idea to do that every once in a while because um, obviously it can help to catch it early, which is what we all want uh, in case it does come up. So I'm totally with you. We, we really want to be yeah. making sure that people, first of all, know what's going on, but then they are also empowered to, to deal with it once it's here. And, and, and it's, yeah. it's like you say, we're the best advocates for ourselves and for our health, for our well-being, for, for our way of life, right? Yep, exactly. You know, guys are reluctant to touch their own bodies. And, you know, I understand that because I, I was part of that. But we have to change that. You know, it's the body. This is us. And, you know, we, we need to get used to different parts and how they work. 
and respect our bodies and understand that they really are carrying us, you know, through this life. And if we don't uh, check them out from now and, now and again, um, you never know where it's going to go. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think it's part of it is learning how to become comfortable with your body. Like there was a time in my life when I would stand naked in front of a full length mirror <laughs> and just get comfortable with myself. And so, Good. you know, I'm laughing and, and, because because that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I just said, look, I I'm sexy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I am. Yeah, you are. And you are actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sexy man. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, Kevin. Rocking it up. And we all are, right? It's just, it's about yeah. seeing ourselves the right way. Yeah. So, Kevin, look, after, you've had so many years that you, you've been through cancer yourself. You've seen cancer and so many other people, including those close to you. What is, what, like, what is your relationship with cancer? Like, do you think of it as a certain way, like, is it like some sort of a, a metaphor that you have for yourself? And, and if Great. so, why? Great question. I understand that a lot of people have this uh, battle metaphor. I'm killing cancer, uh, you know, and I, I get that. I don't have that. I, I feel like how can anything that's created by your body, in your body, be something foreign. I mean, you know, we don't want this cancer inside of us, but we're hosting it and it's part of who we are and part of our bodies. So to me, anytime you have um, negative connotations and negative emotions about what's inhabiting your, your you know, your own body, that's not going to be helpful to you. You know, it's, it's going to create, uh, you know, cortisol, stress hormones, uh, and, and really not carry you through this, this whole process in a positive way. So I, I see life and I see cancer as, and this is going to sound crazy, but, but it's, it's perfection just the way it is. Life happens, and whether it's good or bad, or we have those feelings about it or those thoughts about it, life is perfection. So even though cancer is in my body, and I don't want it there. It's there, and it's, and it's there now, and I have to admit that it's there, and I have to deal with that and see it as part of life's plan, you know. It doesn't mean we can't get through it, can't get over it, and can't cure it. But I don't, I don't to buy the, the battle metaphor. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful way of describing it, Kevin, because you really talk about that it's almost the most natural thing in the world because it, it just happens in your body. And I've never really thought about it like that. But I think we're really aligned on this point because I always think of, of cancer is like, I call it, you know, in our aim for better life, I, I, think, I think of it as... You know, if and if AIM is an acronym, then for me, A stands for accept, like accept that this thing is happening to you. But then yeah. I, for me, is to integrate it into your life. Because what I've noticed, yeah. Kevin, is when you integrate it into your life, when it becomes a part of the conversation, when it's not mm -hmm. a scary thing, it's not something that you are fighting, you know, then it becomes something that you can deal with. It's, it's like almost like an agreement that you make with cancer that it's there. You, you're hopefully working, working to get it out of your life, but it's not some enemy that you have to fight. And that is what allows you to have to really kind of move on, move on with your life and have the life that you want, you know, beyond cancer. Uh, life, life, the way it is right now, this moment is, is what it is, you know, and cancer's there. I'm always aware that it's there. 
but it's also part of, part of this, this whole process of living, dying, being, and uh, we have every reason to, to make it go away. But, you know, for the moment, it's here, deal with it, work through it, and, and help others to do that, too. I think that's the best thing I've ever learned to do is be a partner to others who, who need some help, you know, need some advice, need some support. Absolutely. And you're doing so much, so much great work. I'm a huge fan of like, you just put out uh, these prolific articles that are incredibly moving and, and profound. <laughs> and like, seriously, you, you have this yeah. incredible body of work, right? So you, you've got hundreds of articles, you know, and hopefully we'll get a, a chance to touch on some of the other fantastic things you're doing in terms of <laughs> the musical you work on and everything else. Yeah. So you, you really like show no signs of slowing down. And just before we, we I hit record, <laughs> you were telling me how you're, you're, you're celebrating, celebrating life, really. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me, my man, what's driving, what's driving you to go on? Because I love this, this fire that you have moving forward. You know, what, what's driving is just being in the moment. You know, I, I spent a year living in a... Um, a Zen Buddhist uh, temple, you know, a Buddhist temple in, in Hawaii studying meditation. And the only, bring, the only reason I bring that up is that it taught me to really look at what's happening right now. And it also taught me that, you know, I have thoughts about what's good and what's bad and what, what works and what doesn't work. But, it, you know, in the end, we don't have any control over that. Life is delivering something to us that we can think it's bad or good, but it's there. And, and that's kind of my approach is that it doesn't mean I like it, but it means that it's, it's here and I accept it in a sense that uh, it's, it's part of my world. And I, you know, I expect to get through it and get through it alive, but still it's, it's, it's here and it's here now. So I, I see it as a, almost as a, a companion that's walking next to me and uh you there? Yeah, there is. Sorry, I think something. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think there was something with your network going on. I think I can hear you now. I think we're back. See, that's a perfect example of how cancer works. You're, you're going along smoothly and suddenly, bang, you know, something turns <laughs> left or right. And you can't control it, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you got to go with it a little bit. You know, it's interesting how you were, you were talking about being in the moment and that... You, you spend this year in the monastery. I think that's that's so fascinating. So what happens, what happens, Kevin, if kind of you get busy, you just, you know, things start to pop out of um, different directions. How do you, do you have mm -hmm. a way of kind of bringing yourself back to that moment where you can just focus on just being, being right here, right now, you know? I do. I, um, I, I found that being an advocate and being useful to, to other folks and particularly other guys with, with, uh, with cancer, that's what brings me back. It's the most amazing thing to be able to be of service to somebody else, just as you are, of course. And, you know, that, that changes everything. It takes the focus uh, off of your own, your own uh, illness, your own, your own problem, and allows you really to do something useful. Uh, you know, my thought is, um, you know, I, I want to be hopeful. I, I want to be vigilant. I, I want to be alive, you know, feel alive. Uh, I want to be helpful. And I want to be engaged in this whole cancer process. And by doing that, hopefully that'll spread out and, you know, and, and maybe help another person. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very powerful, Kevin. And I think that forever, uh, you know, if 
I would advise for anyone with cancer, I think that's just such a powerful thing, is to find something that is bigger than you. I think it's it's what you're yeah. describing, right? Like finding yes. something that's bigger than you, uh, a purpose, a mission, if you will, something that yeah. you, you genuinely care about. Uh, in some cases, obviously, that's cancer for, for, for folks like you and me. But, you know, maybe it's something else that you personally touches you and you feel you can contribute and make a difference because that really just changes everything, right? Yeah, I, I, you, you've hit the nail on the head, I think. Uh, and watching what you do, and, you know, we've, we talked, what, a year ago, I think? Yep. And I, um, I, I look on your website and, and the work you've done. You've done some amazing things. I mean, you've talked to a lot of people. You've, you've written a book. I mean, what's better? I mean, you're out there really helping people, and that, that inspires me so much. Just the fact that we're able to talk from time to time is really special to me, too. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for your um, kind words. It, it, it really, <laughs> really means a lot to true. me. And it's true. <sighs> Thanks, my friend. Um, listen, yeah. I know you do so much. Uh, we just talked about you do all these fantastic articles. You do a lot of work. Tell me, how is that different, or, or if it is different, to like all your creative output? Because I know you're big into music, into songwriting. Yeah. Is that is that different in any way at all? You know, I, I combine all of it. I when I was first diagnosed, I don't know if I mentioned this last time we talked. I was uh, in, at the Zen Center, and with, within probably two days uh, of my mastectomy surgery, I had a song in my head called "What Good Is a Breast," and it was you know a comedy silly song. <laughs> so from the very very beginning, I had to express it in the in the ways that I knew. You know, I'm not an academic. I, I'm not really good at explaining things verbally, I don't think. But, but I like to write, and, and I, it allows me to, to hear what my brain is processing and put it into words. So my, my whole thing is just to do what you do best. And in my case, it's just to write some stuff and write some music and, you know, talk to a few people. But basically what you're doing it's very different than what I do because you're so much better at it. <laughs> and, that's, and, that, and that's the whole point, you know. I would love to be able to reach out to people like you do. And I do it through my writing. And so you got to find what works for you and send it out there. And for me, music and a little bit of magic and, and writing is what I do, you know. Yeah, that's that, that's beautiful, Kevin. So tell us about your musical, which you I believe you you finished recently. Tell us how did that come about yeah. and how's it all going? Well, it started at, at at that moment I told you about when I had that first song, and I thought, well, what what can I actually do? You know, not only to help me through my own anxiety when I was first diagnosed, but also to maybe uh, stretch it out. You know, it, I think I think when you have a, a goal. And as a matter of fact, I think they've proven that if you that people that have goals live longer. I'm talking about cancer survivors. Yep. Um, check me on this, but I but I think I think I've read some some reviews about the fact that if you have something to look forward to, you actually do live longer. So I just started doing what what felt right to me, and it's you know it's nothing profound. I don't think my my show is designed to be a dark comedy. I want people. I don't want just male breast breast cancer guys to come see this show. I want you know I want it to work for for the general population. So it's you know it's it's a show that um, I, I think a lot of people could be attracted to. It's it, it's fun. It's it's light <laughs> and dark, but that's what cancer is. You know, cancer is light and dark. A lot of songs in it, and uh, I absolutely love putting it together. 
looking for a sponsor, and that's that's the hard part. It's done. I've got a lot of people interested in helping, but uh, I got to get it on the road. And I, I, I kind of kid people. I say, I hope I don't have to die to get people's attention to put this <laughs> thing out there. But 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 you know, if that's the case, then it then we'll get it done one way or the other. <laughs> well, hopefully, or maybe you can put like a Kickstarter campaign and. Uh behind it yeah i could i could you know i've done a couple of little minor things from my magic shows for kids so i i, I hesitated to ask for a lot of help from particularly from friends because friends come through and you know give you 20 or 30 or 40 bucks and i love that uh but th- this show needs some big funding so i'm you know i'm looking for that yeah yeah um, i've got some great friends that have helped with with, with other things for a long time but you know the the, the To get a show on the road, seriously, uh, it's a five-person uh, cast. To go out and tour for probably a year would be, uh, oh gosh, a minimum of five hundred thousand dollars. And and you know the the show would start making money through ticket sales eventually. But it takes a lot to get get the show on the road and hire the people to do it, hire the technicians, hire the director. I don't want to do any of that. Hire the the composer is going to come take my music and make it better. Yep. You know, but it can be done. It can be done. And I, I believe it will be done. Yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful vision. I, I really hope it's uh, is going to come to life someday soon, Kevin. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and if not, then then we'll do something else. That's just kind of the way it works. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you know, for me, like uh, creativity is truly a form of self therapy. It's how it's been, to be honest, for my whole yes. life. Yes. Right, like even yes. like even before cancer, it's it's something that's made me feel normal. It's just in my <laughs> my experience. <laughs> And you know, yeah. I recorded uh, well, not I haven't recorded them yet, but I wrote a few songs during. I think as I was going through chemo those nine weeks, yeah. And right. I, sh- I should actually record it because it. I think it was probably some of easily my best stuff. <laughs> <laughs> would you please i would love to hear it i will i will i here it is promise <laughs> and on hot it's it's okay, give, give, to... give me a date and time to look forward to it you gotta have a you gotta have a end date yes uh, it will be done by couple, june, couple months couple months by june next year all right june, 20... june 29th is my 70th birthday next year so I'll look for it by then. Perfect. How's that? Sound? June twenty first is my birthday as well, so we'll, yeah. we'll have a special. <laughs> we'll all check in. All right. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you you are an amazing man. I'm so happy to talk with you again. Really. Thank you so much, Kevin. And you know how mutual that feeling is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, tell me on a typical day in your life, you know, you you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Do you know what the day is yeah. actually going to look like for you? Well, first of all, I, I highly believe in uh, exercise as a healing tool. I've always been active. You know, I was a runner for many, many years, a competitive runner. Um, I have two brand new titanium knees, and they gave me my life back in terms of mobility. So I go out and play a game called pickleball. Ever heard of that? Nah. All right, you will. It's the fastest growing game in America. It's like tennis on a smaller court, though. So it's designed for basically, you know, seniors, you know, 55 and over. Uh, it's great fun. I play a couple hours a day, five days a week. It's a really fast-paced game with a ball and, a, and a, you know, a net and paddles. So that's a big part of my life. You know, I wake up, I want to exercise a little bit. 
Uh, the other part's writing. The other part's getting my banjo out, playing some music, playing with my cats. <laughs> 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 Got two crazy cats. And uh, getting online and working with the, with the guys, helping a little bit about breast cancer. So that, that, that's my day, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. It all comes back to that uh, living in the moment and having that both physical, you know, mental and emotional side to it, right? And just looking exactly. after yourself in all those ways. Sure. You know, I, I check my body, I listen, you know, I say, well, how's it doing today? I get aches and pains and I still have arthritis. I have new knees, but the arthritis in my body wasn't changed by that. So, you know, I get a little stiff. But uh, I'm I'm good to go, you know. I'm good to go every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you 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 check in with yourself and you see how how the body is doing. And you know, sometimes yeah. I guess it's it, it can be difficult because you know if uh, what can happen is that we sometimes stop trusting our bodies after cancer, right? Because we, we kind of we I guess expect more things to go wrong, right? Absolutely. And absolutely. What advice do you have on that front for folks who, you know, um, stop trusting their bodies as, as we all do sometimes? Well, that, that's part of the cancer process. You know, I, I still wake up, you know, I have this mastectomy scar here and it gets tight and sometimes I wake up at night, I feel like I can't breathe. And, you know, we, we're, I'm going to have this the rest of my life, this, this cancer anxiety. It doesn't happen all the time, but when it happens, it's real. And you say, okay, is it back? Is it coming back? And you sit with it. And then 30 minutes later, I feel fine. I go out and play pickleball and play my banjo and it goes away. One day that may not happen. It may not happen that way. But today, that's the way it is. Cancer anxiety, I think, is just part of the, the, whole, uh, the whole package that we get. I, I'm not certain that'll ever go away. But it's minimal, you know. If you do it enough times, <laughs> you finally say, okay, false alarm. <laughs> Let's go have a pizza or whatever, you know. So, yeah, I, I'm just like everybody else. I, sometimes I think, there it is. But, uh, so far, I've been wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th I think if, uh, if, only, yeah, yeah, if only we had cancer every time we thought about it, I mean, we, we wouldn't yeah. really last long. Oh, oh gosh, yes. <laughs> But, you know, that, that's what keeps us aware. You know, we're listening to our bodies. And um, one of these days, obviously, we, we all have to go somehow. And uh, we'll, we'll see. But for today, in this moment, all is good. All is good. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about being in the moment, you know, living in what we've got right now. And I think that well, that's so crucial. But it's also interesting to look at the future, right? Because... I think that yes. when we go through cancer, when when you know you go through treatment, when you go through all of mm -hmm. that, we kind of stop making plans, right? We stop thinking ahead, stop looking forward yes. to things. Yes. How do you think about the future? Um, you know, and and how do we go to that place where we can you, we can dream again? We can look forward to things. We can make plans. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a process and it takes some practice. It's like meditation. You know, you, it's a practice. If you're meditating because you want something or you're longing for something or you're waiting for something, meditation will never make sense to you. Meditation is really just about sitting and watching those thoughts that come, come through you. And they come through our heads all the time and acknowledging them and saying, okay, there's a scary thought. There it goes. So really it's, 
life is a practice. I mean, you really have to practice this every day. And it's not a hard practice, but you have to remember that you are actually working through this whole process day by day for the rest of your life, really. Yeah, exactly. I love that because you're trying to get better at it. And I think what I'm hearing also with within what you're saying is that really, um, or maybe that's also my way of looking at it, is that really the yep. path to the future is through the present, through the right now, right? There, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm like anybody else. I jump ahead, but I, you know, the more you, the more you do it, the more you kind of sit with yourself, the quicker you can catch that. And, uh, and, and especially all those fears that pop up. I see them, I hang on to them for a second, and I let them go. But it's a practice. You really have to, have to work at it. I love that idea yeah. of, of, of holding on to it, like uh, observing it, and then letting it go. That's very powerful. Yeah. It's like an old friend that maybe you don't want to see anymore. <laughs> yeah. It, it knocks on the door, and you say, hi, and, uh, and close the door and let it go, you know. But easier said than done, you know, it really, you know, it is a practice and you really have to have to work at it, but it's not work. It really is. Uh, it really enriches your life to see how your thoughts can take you to places that you don't need to be. And I think that is a great way of looking at life, that life is something that you can become better at. And that's why there's a yeah. practice of living life yeah. in a way yeah. where you just little by little get better at it, not because you can be better than somebody else, but because you can be better at that for, for yourself, right? Well, that's exactly right. Uh, one of the things I've been wanting to do for a long time, because, you know, we, we, we know we're going to die, right? Yeah. Um, after my, yeah, after we do my that. first we, wife. We, uh, we don't know that. Yeah, now. yeah. We're, it's going to happen, <laughs> right? So it's, inevit it's inevitable. But, you know, I, I love video. I love story writing. I love, you know, sharing things with, with friends and family. So I want, I want to do my final video. I really want to sit down and say goodbye to my friends because, you know, when it happens, when I die, it could be very quickly. Who knows? It could be in a car accident. It could be cancer tomorrow. But I want to have a moment like you and I are having right now to look in the screen and say, uh, and, to, and tell people about how I felt about life and how I loved them or maybe didn't love them. <laughs> and, but to actually put that on a video and say, well, okay, this is it. This is my goodbye. I don't know. I keep thinking about it. I haven't done it yet. And I actually started thinking about it after my first wife died 20 years ago. So I put it off for a long time. But I, I think that'd be a nice thing to do. I, I want to do that. I want to want to make a little final goodbye to friends. Yeah. And, and, and I think like when, you, when you talk about it, and maybe it's uh, through our, I guess, shared experience of going through cancer, I don't think there is anything grim about it. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's a very natural thing to want to share something with other people uh, in that is. way, right? Yeah. Why not, why not say thanks and sayonara and see you later? And, you know, uh, I'm, well, I, I'm not a religious man, but I, uh, it doesn't matter. I, I think that uh, when I'm gone, it'll be, uh, as, as Carl Sagan, the great uh, astronomer said, a, a deep and endless sleep. So that's kind of how I feel about life. And that's okay with me. That's okay with me. Kevin, so uh, one thing I do want to ask you is when you do sit down and think, what is my next step in life? Yeah. How do yeah. you decide what that next step is to get to really have a more fulfilled life? How do you do that? Well, uh, practically thinking, my next step is to go to bed and get up at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. 
<laughs> and go to my go to my cancer convention. I mean, that's that's reality. That that's life. But in a bigger picture, uh, you know, I still I still have things I want to do. I still want to be helpful to children in particular. You know, it's that's a a big thing for me. We talked a little bit about writing music for kids. I, I love that, and I don't even get to see them when they get these these musical pieces. But it doesn't matter because I, I I know how it feels for this this child to have a song with their name in it and their hobbies and their and the things they love and their family and their pets, you know, and, and that's that really gets me gets me motivated and gets me moving to be able. To, be able to help in that way. Yeah, that's such a beautiful thing that you're doing, Kevin. I, I want to really mm. thank you. Say thank you for that on, on just on behalf of humanity, I guess. I, yeah, I can speak I'm on not, behalf I'm, of humanity. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I in know. That. There, are I lots, know. there are other people doing it. For those who, for those who a, don't it, know, tell us, yeah. tell us about this. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a program. Actually, my wife, uh, who, who's a laughter yoga uh, teacher, uh, was training somebody who's blind, a, a blind woman, and she mentioned to my wife that she wrote for this group songs for children with life-threatening diseases. And, they, and the, the company, uh, it, it's, all, it's all nonprofit, all free. Nobody gets any money for it. But the, the company finds out about the child, the, the interests, the names, the pets. And, uh, and they assign this. It's, it's a non Let's do the music based on send me a picture. I've had four-year-olds. I, I do the young ones, maybe uh, one through twelve, because that's I've always written songs for young kids. And I put the picture on my piano, and I sit there for a week and look at it and get a feeling for the child. And and uh, music comes, and then the words happen, and and I send it off. And that's that's all there really is to it. But it's the it's the most fulfilling thing I think I've done maybe forever. I don't know. I love it. Love it. You're a great man, Kevin. Tell us if someone wanted to <laughs> find out more about you, read more of your articles. No, no, I mean yeah. that from the bottom of my head. I know you do. I know you do. Uh, if someone wanted to read your articles, find out more about you, uh, where would they go? Well, if you if you spell Kevin with an H, K-H-E-V-I-N, <laughs> it'll pop up more than you want because there are too many of us. I, you know, I, I write for Cure, but I... I, I put a lot of stuff on the internet so yeah just just kevin barnes and i love to, to hear from people that read a few things and and uh you know my, my stuff is pretty positive i think my, my whole approach is kind of first person narrative personal experiences based on what i see and uh not not too profound but definitely from the heart so if somebody wants to read it i'd love to have them do it that's so fantastic kevin i love what you do and I want to thank you for being here. Um, I think, you know, it's always profound because it is from the heart. And I, I, and I think you are, you know, one of the most authentic people I've met. And, and, and there's just, there's just a light that shines through. So thank you so much for what you do in the world. Kind of you, Joe. And back at you because, um, you know, since. Sorry, that was breaking up. I think we've... Yeah, we're back. Cool. We're back. <laughs> I guess I said too nice, too nice of things. It froze it up. <laughs> but I, I mean it. You're, you're a great man. I, I sure love talking to you. Let's do it. Okay. Happy day to you, and we'll talk soon. We'll, we will talk soon. That's a promise. All right. See you, Joe. Thank you, Heaven. You have, you have a great one. You as well. Okay. Bye. 
Hey my friend, this is Joe Bakmutsky, host of the Simplify Cancer podcast and author of Simplify Cancer, man's guide to navigating the everyday reality of cancer. Listen, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today because I know that your time is precious and also because I know that you're going into a rough time. Because I know that one way or another, cancer is already a part of your life. There's a lot going on and you've got a lot to deal with. And frankly, like this experience has taught me anything, is that like you and me know that the reality is that no one is as invested in your own happiness and your way of life as you are yourself. So you gotta do the best that you can to have the life that you want, the life that you deserve despite cancer. And I'm here to help. So I want to take a minute to just tell you a little bit about what I've got for you, my friend, and how I can help you. I've got the tools on my website, all free for you. I've got the first visit oncologist checklist. This is a one-page PDF with all the key questions you want to be asking your specialist, whether that's your oncologist, whether that's your surgeon, your hematologist, your urologist, whoever that is, right? It helps you to guide the conversation and make sure that you don't forget important things to ask. And I know that's easier to do because there's so much going on. It's just a simple one-page PDF, print it out, take it with you, and there's even room to make notes. So this is the first visit oncologist checklist, and that's available under the tools section on simplifycancer.com. Also, I've got the online community guide, right? Because nothing will help you like getting the perspective of someone who's been down the road before, someone who's had your cancer, someone who's, you know, going through your treatment, someone who's had the same, had to make the same kind of decisions, someone who's, you know, had to worry about the same kind of side effects. So you want to be able to connect to these people because they know exactly what it's like and they want to help. And the best way to do that is connect with them online, on online forums. And these forums, they're just really online communities, right? Where you can just post questions and get them answered. You know, ASAP, because people just post that all the time. You know, it's going to really help you tremendously. And to make it all easier for you, I've put it, it all together into an online community guide. Again, my friend, available absolutely free under the tools section on simplifycancer.com. It's got the top three online cancer communities for most cancers. So just go in, find the one you want, or use all three and connect with people, ask questions, and people will help you out. There's another great resource. Another one is Cancer Outcome Map. This will help you to work through specific worries that you have. Because isn't it true that when you have cancer, it's like everything just throws you off. You could be having a headache and you're instantly going, I mean, is it cancer? Is it growing? Has it spread? Or is this some sort of a side effect? Or is this like something else altogether? So this is a simple tool that will help you to work through it. It will help you to visualize what's going on and work through it step by step so you can look at it in a calm, rational way, assess the situation, and then decide what to do next. 
Again, I put all the examples there. It's so easy to use, my friend. So just pick it up and use it right away. The other thing I've got for you is simplify testicular cancer. This is if you've got testicular cancer, just go to simplifytc.com and I've got uh, you know, fantastic resources for you. I've done a bunch of videos where I answer the most pressing questions that you have or you might have if you have testicular cancer. You know, what is the treatment like? What are the treatment options? Will I be able to have kids? Will I be able to have sex? And what is that going to be like? I answer all the questions because I've been through it. I know what it's like. And I'm here to share this with you to help you out. So also on Simplify TC, I've got all the tools there in one place. Uh, I've got the emails that you can send to your family and friends to make sure that you can get the support that you want on your terms. So it's all there for you, my friend. And also, I, I you should get my book, right? You should totally get Simplify Cancer, Man's Guide to Navigating the Everyday Reality of Cancer. Because it's got all the strategies that you need to, to deal with the craziness and the stress and the uncertainty that comes with cancer. I'll walk you through it step by step because I've created this book in order, in order really to have a conversation with someone who's been there. In this book, I share exactly the things that have worked for me and things that I would have done differently knowing what I know now. So go ahead and grab yourself the book if you go to simplifycancerbook.com. Once again, that's simplifycancerbook.com. And I've got some, you know, some incredible free gifts to go with this book. You know, just type it in, go to simplifycancerbook.com and I'll gonna tell you all about it. Once again, my friend, I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, tuning into the Simplify Cancer podcast. I'm here to help. Once again, this is Joe Bakmutsky, host of the Simplify Cancer podcast and author of Simplify Cancer, Man's Guide to Navigating the Everyday Reality of Cancer. I know it's tough, my friend, but I'm here for you. You can do this. You can get through it and have the best life that you want, the life that you truly deserve despite cancer. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon.